Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes, and we appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah once again, chapter 9. We're going to look again at this passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 9. Now, um, the other day uh, they had some of those uh, award shows on TV. I don't watch them because all it is is about famous people patting themselves on the back and all that kind of thing. And But it's kind of hard to avoid because they flood everything. They flood your feed. They flood your uh, 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 social media and all that with all the news of who had the funniest... I call it who had the funniest costume on. But they're talking about how all these elegant uh, ladies with their dresses and they talk about all these... Who who was the best dressed and who was the worst dressed and everything. And and one of the things that... is oftentimes prominent in those uh, ceremonies is is that all those uh, fancy elitist uh, Hollywood types they'll have on these little ribbons or some kind of little button that has some kind of meaning to them that they can bring out some kind of social cause. I I noticed uh, one celebrity had... Uh, oh, she was doing so much to bring awareness to this or that or the other. She had a little name embroidered in gold on the hem of her clothes and it wasn't even noticeable unless you pointed it out and I'm thinking oh she's living so dangerously and she is so bold and she is so oh strong and brave to do something like that hey if you're really wanting to be brave and strong make your whole outfit the name right uh, but anyway it reminded me of a story of a, a fella who went to some one of those things it might have been an, uh, a graduation or it might have been something else but he had on a a little button that had the initials b-a-i-k on the button and this caused a lot of confusion to people who saw it and and oftentimes whenever you wear something like that it's uh designed to make people ask questions and so somebody asked the fellow what does b-a-i-k stand for it's not an it's not a word it doesn't uh maybe it stands for initials for somebody but usually people have three initials not four so what could it possibly be and he said well it stands for boy am i confused and the person kind of scratched their head and they said well wait a minute don't you realize that confused doesn't start with a k and the guy said well that just shows you how confused i am (laughs) but people are uh, you're supposed to laugh more at that okay (laughs) Thank you very much. Laughing at me instead of the joke. That's, that's usually what happens. But uh, confusion is what is so prevalent today. There's a lot of people that are confused. People are confused about a lot of things. In fact, uh, uh, sociologists tell us that one of the biggest areas of growth in this last generation has been uh, websites and uh, places where people can get counseling. 
not necessarily counseling like uh, going and sitting in with someone who is a psychiatrist or psychologist. It's more along the uh, lines of counseling like what a generation before would write, sit down and write a letter to... Uh, 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 what's the lady that used to put an advice column in the uh, Ann Landers. Landers, right? In the newspaper, you could, and a lot of times you could open up the newspaper, and there would be Ann Landers' uh, column about uh, some kind of problem, and 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 it would maybe resonate with other people that had the same problem, and and so uh, there was a couple of different ones that that. Uh, uh, did that, and it was a lot of good. And in fact, uh, for a long time, uh, 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 Reverend Billy Graham even had a column that was very similar. People would uh, write in and ask uh, advice about things, and uh, uh, Reverend Graham would put his advice uh, from a Christian perspective in uh, the uh, newspapers, very much like Ann Landers. And so uh, people are looking for advice, looking for some way of, of understanding what is going on. How do I... In fact, I think, you know, uh, one thing that is uh, kind of amusing is the other day I, I was sitting somewhere and I saw somebody talking to their phones, uh, talking to Siri and saying, well, Siri, what, where can I go and do this? Where can I do that? Well, Siri, what should I do? And Siri said, well, who am I to tell you what to do? Uh, but, you know, that's kind of what it is. People kind of want somebody to give them permission to do what they think is best or somebody to, to agree with them or somebody to give them uh, some information to kind of think of. It, wouldn't it be great to have a, a wonderful counselor that we can call upon? And guess what we do as Christians? We have a wonderful counselor in Jesus Christ. And this passage of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, uh, spells out four different names of Jesus. And yes, uh, we do use uh, Jesus. We're on a... You know, some people get all excited when they say, well, you know, I talked to Bill, talking about Bill Gates. Yeah, I talked to Bill the other day. They're all excited about being on a first-name basis with somebody uh, as rich and famous as Bill Gates. Or maybe they talk, uh, they're talk. they sitting there talking about, you know, uh, this person or that person. They talk about, about them on a the first-name basis. But I'm on a first-name basis with my Savior, Jesus Christ. He loves me so much. And we talked about that, that last week, about how uh, these names of Jesus Christ are given to us for a specific reason, a reason that, uh, that draws us ever closer to Him and helps us to understand His love for us. Let's look at that uh, again. It's the words here found in verse 6. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. This passage of Scripture, again, is coming during a period of time of great confusion and great turmoil for the people of Israel. This, uh, this Isaiah is writing in response to something that's happening uh, that happened 2,700 years ago. Uh, so 
we have the advantage of being able to see what Isaiah was writing about and the fulfillment of that. In 722 B.C., the Assyrians came through the area of Israel that... uh, that the people of Israel were living in and they came in and just wiped out everything and they took over and, and took control. And so the people of God are, are dismayed. They're going through such great turmoil because these invaders came in from the north and they uh, took over territory and land that used to be theirs and they took, uh, took control of their daily lives. <clears throat> and uh, they're... They're wondering what's in store for us now. How are we going to be able to survive? What are we going to do? Uh, how are we going to live? And God has given a message to His prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is there to, to, to not only uh, let them know that God is aware of what is happening, but He tells them in such a way to help them to realize that God is always there for them and, and this situation won't last forever. He's saying that there's coming a day in which a deliverer, someone who's coming, uh, a child is going to be born. That will be the Messiah, uh, will be the one who will come in and take over in this situation to help bring back the, the power and the majesty of the Davidic uh, uh, line, uh, kingship, the Davidic monarchy of Israel, that, that uh, not only will uh, he come back in power and might like King David had, but he would restore a wonderful golden age like was uh, during the uh, time of David's son, King Solomon. And so we see that that God is seeking to encourage His people and He's doing this by sharing with them that there's coming a day in which one will come, one who will be born and He is going to be a son of the people of Israel and He will have the government upon His shoulders and His name is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And each of these names is designed to give uh, comfort to the people of Israel to help them to realize that things are going to get better that life is going to be uh, improving, that that your life is not going to be all mixed up and confused the way it's been. But God is going to come in and He's going to bring about a great order and a great uh, perfection in uh, a new day and a new age. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it? We kind of want some of that ourselves. We would love to have, you know, we're not living under the oppressive uh, uh, regime of a a foreign entity that's come in to take control of our country. We we may feel like it at times, but uh, we, we really don't understand truly the freedoms that we have because there's very few of us who've lived during a time and a day and an age where we've been oppressed, truly oppressed. Now, you may be uh, an immigrant or a child of an immigrant who's come to this country as a result of of the oppressive uh, nature of your home uh, country. But in this area of Georgia, I'd, ha- I'd have to say that a majority of us have, uh, and just listening to all of your stories, a majority of you have lived not only in Georgia all of your life and for many generations, but many of your generations have lived in this part of Georgia and this area of Georgia. So the majority of what you know and understand is, is garnered from your life here. And a lot of us don't uh, really remember 
the oppressiveness of a foreign nation, the very closest that many of us might have come would be if, if any of you served in the military during one of the great wars uh, in the United States history, World War II, where you saw the oppressiveness of uh, communism and the oppressiveness and of a fascist and dictator like uh, Hitler during that time and saw uh, what happened to those people. You didn't necessarily live through it, but you might have seen the results of it. Uh, we can all know and understand that from reading history, but it's a different matter when you live under that circumstance. <clears throat> well, the greatest thing that we have uh, against us might be the oppressiveness of not being able to get our way in home and have to eat uh, Brussels sprouts at dinner when our mama puts it on the, on the plate in front of us and we don't want to eat it. Uh, that might be the greatest oppressiveness that we might understand or possibly being required to, to wash the dishes after supper or having to make our bed uh, and our parents telling us those things that we have to do. Well, we soon realize that our parents have only the best in, intended for us, so we don't really know and understand oppressiveness. But the Israelites were going through this, and they were looking for a day in which things would improve, a day in which life would be better. And we saw that uh, God is not only... Uh, uh, out there aware of our circumstance but God seeks to come into our life and make His presence uh, very known in, into our life. And we saw the wonderful name of Jesus implanted into our lives last week at the beginning of this. And today I want to talk to you about Counselor Jesus Christ is the marvelous and wonderful Counselor that can help us through the most difficult and challenging circumstances in our life. And God tells us that, that we not only have someone who's going to be there for us, but we have someone in the person of Jesus Christ that not only knows and understands our circumstance, but has the most marvelous news and the most marvelous information about how we can live our life and live our life to the fullest for Jesus Christ. He says He is not only wonderful, but Counselor. Now, the first thing that we have to understand and uh, realize in order for God to be good for us is that we have to first be willing to accept Jesus Christ as our counselor. You know, there was a time in which uh, I, uh, in the beginning, nearly early stages of my ministry, uh, desired to try and help people, but the problem was is that I didn't have people coming to me to get help. And part of the problem was is that uh, a majority of the people that were in, in the churches that I pastored at the time were much older than I was. And so it was hard for them to come to a young man. Now, I'm not quite so young anymore, but, um, but when you're pastoring a church and a majority of the folks are the age of your grandparents, it's kind of hard for them to come to the pastor and ask for advice about things when he's so much younger than they are. And I understood that. I got that. I, I realized that was a problem. Uh, I was able to, uh, to counsel people that were more on my level, my age, than, 
than people that were uh, much older. And I, I, I get that. I, I realize that. And so one of the things that I did in order to try and change that was to try and broaden the scope of being able to give advice. And so I created a website back when you had to, you couldn't just point and click to things and, and somebody else would make up a website for you. Uh, this was during a time where you had to learn how to code and you had to uh, then take and write the code to do anything that you wanted to at all. And and I didn't know how to do that, but I, my desire was is to try and help people. So I, I desired to, to do that, and I thought the best way to do that would be to kind of set up a circumstance where people could uh, go to a website and... Uh, and get advice from people who had already written in. They would be able to see a redacted form of, of the question in the, and to see all of the advice that I gave the person uh, and also to be able to ask questions uh, of me. And, and so I, I don't know that this website might still be out there somewhere, but it was called Answers to Life's Most Difficult Questions. I remember uh, struggling with that. I, I wanted to have a, a website that was very descriptive, but I also wanted to uh, make it short, and it just didn't seem possible to shorten it. But I, I, uh, I haven't looked at it in ages, so it might be something completely different today. But I know I did have it out there. And, and the thing about the Internet is, is you put something out on the Internet and it's there forever. It's there forever. It might be all broken up and, and not look uh, the way it was when, it, when I did that, but it, it might still be out there. I don't know. I didn't even look to see. But um, people would write in, and, they, and the, the, the wonderful thing was is that they could, in anonymity, write me, uh, just like with Ann Landers, and be able to get uh, some advice from someone who who had a background of biblical understanding, and I would give them uh, a advice, the best advice I could, from Scripture to help them in their circumstance. But people had to ask me for help. It's hard to give advice to somebody and they not want that advice. Look who I'm talking to. I mean, um, many of you are parents or grandparents, and you know you have advice for your children or grandchildren, and a lot of times the most challenging thing is is that they won't listen to the advice you have for them. You know the answer to their problem, and, and what's even worse is they know you know. And you probably have told them the, the advice that they need to, to hear, but the problem is, is that they don't want to admit that you're right. They don't want to admit that you have the answer to their problem. And it's not necessarily because of the, the fact that you're so much uh, uh, learned or, or knowledgeable or, or wiser than they are. You've just been through it. You know what's coming. You know what's down the road. and you. Uh, but they won't... They can't find the help they need until they're willing to say, I've got a problem and I need help. It's the same way with addiction. It's the same way with people going through problems with, uh, with uh, issues with alcohol or drugs or anything else. They can't receive the help they need until they're willing to admit the fact that they have a problem and that they need help from someone else, an outside source, to help them through. They may even they may be willing to admit the fact that they have a problem, but until they're willing to admit that they need help from someone else, from outside, are they able to ever receive that kind of help? 
It's the same way with you and your relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. But until you're willing to see Jesus Christ as the counselor that He can be for your life, it's impossible to receive any help from Him at all. Preacher, what do you mean by that? Well, it, you know, all of us understand and know that Jesus is the one that we go to. And if we have Jesus Christ into our life, we realize that Jesus is there for us to help us through our issue of, of needing salvation. And for a lot of people, that's where they cut it off. They say, well, I've got, I've got uh, you know, you talk to them, well, i got my ticket punch. You know, I'm going to heaven. I've got, I've got a passage on the good old gospel ship. I'm ready to, uh, to, to set sail to glory land when this life is over. I, that's all I needed Jesus for, so that's all, I'm, I, I, that's all they look at Jesus for. But there's other of us who understand and, and know that, that, that God is so much more for us. And God has so much desire to help us through. Not just uh, with the big issue of salvation in our life, but every aspect of our life. Every step that we make, every moment of our life, God has provided for us a way of receiving the great counseling that He has for us. And Isaiah says that, uh, that, that Jesus Christ is the great counselor. In fact, many of us uh, just don't understand how important it is. In fact, uh, fact uh, let me just ask you, how do you read this passage of Scripture? Let's go back to the Bible once again. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a child is given, and the government shall be in his uh, shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. Many people read that and they say, the wonderful counselor. Like, wonderful is an adjective of the word counselor, but it's actually Jesus Christ is wonderful. It's describing Jesus Christ. But I think that it's also good to, to see that the other way, though. He is a wonderful counselor. He is wonderful and a wonderful counselor. But we have to first admit that he is a counselor. You know, and the the issue with that is is that when it all comes down to it is is who's the lord of your life. You don't ask for counsel and help until you know you need help. You don't ask help and advice from someone you don't go to a, you know, let's, let's just say we're like some people that live in areas where they think the only kind of advice they can get is by going to a psychiatrist or psychologist and, and spending thousands of dollars in advice by sitting down with a counselor there and, and going over your whole life and, and spending all this time and maybe getting a prescription that will help you out or just simply spending hours and hours and hours on a counselor's couch talking about your issues and your problems. That helps a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. But that's not the only source of help. And if we're willing to say that we understand and know that Jesus Christ is the counselor, but you don't do that. You don't go to Jesus Christ 
unless you're willing to accept the advice that you're receiving. Right? If you go to a psychiatrist on one hand, are you going to spend thousands and thousands, and believe me, I'm sure it'll cost you thousands and thousands. I mean, they've got it built into the whole thing. Let's go all the way back to your childhood. They know that by doing that, Oh, it'll unlock secrets. Well, it'll also take you forever and a day to get to the issue that you're going through, right? Well, um, it'll cost you thousands and thousands of dollars to, to deal with your issues in your life. You don't do that. You don't spend that kind of investment. You don't spend that kind of money unless you're willing to hear what the counselor has to say and deal with it and do something with it, right? You don't say that Jesus Christ can be the counselor to your life if you're not willing to allow Him to change something in your life. Now you have issues and you have problems. You're willing to come and go to, uh, uh, to, to Jesus Christ as the counselor, the one who is there to help you through the problems in your life. You've got to first of all be willing to acknowledge that He is the counselor. And secondly, you've got to uh, uh, acknowledge that He is the Lord of your life. You can't. It's a matter of deciding, am I going to be the same person I've always been and I'm just looking for Jesus Christ to acknowledge the issue that I have going in throughout my life and just making Him... Hey, Jesus, just making you aware I've got this problem in my life. Hey, you want to do something about it? We don't go to, to God like that. You've got to realize... That if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the great and wonderful counselor for your life, can help you through an issue, you've got to not only acknowledge that He is the counselor, but you've got to be willing to bend the knee, be willing to submit to whatever it is that He tells you. You know, hey, you got a problem with that? Well, here's where your problem lies. A counselor, uh, uh, any good counselor gets as much information as they can about the situation, tries to see what might be influencing the, the person in that situation, and then gives advice on how to deal with that circumstance. And it's more than just hearing the advice. You've got to take it in, internalize it into your life. You've got to say, hey, okay, I realize that I've got a problem. I've got an issue. I'm going to come to this person and what they say I'm going to do. And usually it's, it's a matter of being willing to change your life and start doing something different. You know, uh, I think it was Albert Einstein said, only a fool said, uh, does the same thing over and over again and expecting a different response. Or at least I heard somebody recently say it was Albert Einstein. We want to say it was because he was a smart guy and everybody acknowledges that. But it is foolish to, to do the same thing over and over and over again expecting different results. <laughs> kind of puts a crimp on people that go out to uh, uh, Las Vegas and pull the little lever thing and expecting it over and over and over again and expecting money to come out of it all of a sudden. When time and time and time again it, you put money in, nothing comes out. Anyway, uh, it's foolish for us to go and ask for help with our situation and then 
hear what God has to say about it and not do anything about it. We've got to acknowledge that He is the Lord of our life. And, and if we're willing to hear the advice, to hear the, the direction that God has for us, we've got to not only hear it and acknowledge that He is the one who needs to tell us how to do it, but we need to be willing to, to adapt it into our life, be willing to accept it into our life, be willing to change whatever it is that God... God, If, God comes to, if you go to God and say, God, I have a real problem with this, and you lay it out to God and say, God, I, wanna, I want your help. I want your advice. <clears throat> then when He tells you what it is, you've got to be willing to say, yes, Lord. Yes, I'll change. Yes, I'll do something different. It, but you know, what do we do? No, no, God, that's not what it is. No, no, no. Now, wait a minute. You just went to God to ask for advice. He just told you what it is that you need to do. We've got to be willing to submit. We've got to be willing to, to acknowledge that He is the Lord of our life and that, that when He says we need to do something, we need to do it. And then when He gives us the advice, we need to be willing to do it. We need to, if God says, look, you've got a real, you've acknowledged the fact that you have a problem, you've come to me with that problem, here's where the problem lies, right here. It's kind of like when you go to the doctor and you say, you know, doctor, I want you to tell me what I can do to live a healthy life. The doctor takes a look at your, your test results and he, he'll conduct all kinds of tests and he'll ask you to come in multiple times to look at you and look at the different results in your life and then he'll sit down with you at the end and he'll cross his leg and he'll sit there and look at you and he say, well, here's the issue. Your blood pressure's up a little bit high so what you need to do is to cut out salt and you need to cut out fats, fatty diet and you need to do, uh, get more exercise and you sit there and you look at the doctor and say, no, no, that's not what it is. No, 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 no. Hey, I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate all your help. But look, I'm going to keep eating a lot of salt. I'm going to keep eating a, lunch of, a lot of fatty foods. I'm going, to, I'm going to eat all the chocolate I want to and I'm going to sit on my couch and do nothing. That's foolish, isn't it? When a doctor says to you, look, you've got an issue. You've got a problem. You, these are the things you need to do. Usually, if you're smart, you tend to listen to the advice of your doctor, change some of the uh, things in your, in your life that are contributing to the problem, and modify your life by doing the things that will help you through to have a better life. Now, the goal is, is to improve your health, right? Well, you've come to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great and wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and He says, look, I want to help you through this. I want to help you through your problem. Israel was going through the problem of, uh, look, we just don't know what's going to happen. We feel like our lives are just in dis disarray. Everything's falling apart. He says, don't worry. I'm sending someone he knows you because He's lived through what you're going through. I'm sending my Son not just to sit here and look at your situation and to just simply tell you all these things. We're gonna, I'm going to live amongst you. I'm going to take up tent with you and I'm going to go through the things that you're going through. I'm going to go through uh, the, your life that, like you're going through it 
And my name is going to be wonderful because of the fact that you're going to know me. And Jesus said, He who's seen me has seen the Father. Anyone who wants to know the Father must know me first. So we know, we know God by His first name, Jesus. And now, now we understand and know that, that He's the one who can be the great and wonderful counselor in our life. He can help us through. He sees things we'll never see. You know, doctors and scientists are just now learning things about and and uh, about the American I mean about the the human body and about our our the way that our bodies are made God knew that from the very beginning because he made us he understood those things and he he knows those things because he took the dust of the ground and formed it into man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He is the creator. He knows those things. He's also the one who stood at the beginning of time and said, let time begin. Let there be light. And so he knows what has happened before and he knows what's coming at the end. He knows what will happen in all eternity future because He knows what happened in all of eternity past. He is the great counselor. He knows everything that happens in your life. And, and you, let me tell you, you can never go up to God and say, hey, guess what? Because He knows. He knows. And God will never be surprised by your actions or by what's happened or what will happen because He knows. He's the great counselor. The question is, are you willing to go to Him for the needs that you have in your life? Are you willing to go to Him when you're searching out the answers to so many problems? Are you willing to come to Him and submit to Him as Lord. Being willing to submit to Him, to His advice, to His direction. And lastly, I want, you to, I want to tell you something. As a great counselor, it's so much better than any earthly counselor that you can possibly have because when you go to that psychiatrist or when you go and write uh, Dear Abby or, or uh, anybody else, all you're left is with an advice. You go on your way. But Jesus said, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, Matthew 28, He said, wherever you go, there I'll be with you. Doesn't matter where you are in your life, no matter how you uh, are going through issues, He's always there. He's always there. He'll be there with you when you struggle. He'll be there with you when you you face new troubles. He'll be there with you to give you direction and guidance when you don't know which way to go. When you stand at the fork in the road, instead of sitting and waxing poetic like Robert Frost, 
You just have to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, which way? Which fork in the road do I take? Which way do I go? And then be willing to take the path that He gives you. He's always there with you. And that's a wonderful thing about who God is. That's a wonderful thing about Jesus. He wants to be your great, wonderful counselor. And be all that you've ever needed in your life. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You so much for being our counselor, our wonderful counselor that we need. Lord, we just pray that You'd help us to be willing to accept Your direction and guidance in our life. Help us, Lord, to understand and know what it is that You have for us. Lord, we pray that You would guide us and direct us in Your way. Lord, that You would give us wisdom and to receive the wonderful Counselor from Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.